It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy Saturday to all of you inching towards Thanksgiving. Yeah. Let me tell you what I plan on doing for Thanksgiving. First of all, how are you? Is everybody okay? You're good? You're good? You're good. Okay. Okay. Thanksgiving. This is what I plan on doing. I plan on doing a 5K race on Thanksgiving Day. That's what I plan on doing. I haven't done that in a very long time, I mean, many years. So pray for me. Send up some good prayers, vibes, aura, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I'll let you know what happens. (laughs) Okay. All right. Listen, let's get to it here with today's show. We have a lot. As always, we're jam-packed here. We have guests from uh, the hit show, One of Us is Lying. We have guests from uh, the Bravo hit show, Karma Family. No, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Family Karma. I always get it backwards. Family Karma, which will have its uh, season three premiere tomorrow night on Bravo. Again, so we have two of the cast members from that show. And we have uh, the director and the filmmaker of a new uh, film that's coming out, Bebe's Kids. Remember Bebe's Kids from 92? Well, guess what? There's a new Bebe's Kids for 2022, and it is not a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's not a comedy. So we're going to find out. We have the director, as I said, and we have the filmmaker, and both of them will be joining us to tell us more about the redone version of Bebe's Kids. I never thought of Bebe's Kids being anything other than a comedy, but that's probably why I'm not a filmmaker. Okay. Listen, before we get to our guests, I want to quickly tell you about this casting call here. How many of you watched the uh, show Smothered? You watched that show? (laughs) That show is something else. Anyway, it's a hit show, as we all know. So the producers are looking for a new season and new mother, son, daughter, new new, new parent, child, I should say, duos for the hit show Smothered. And they're looking nationwide. So if you or somebody that you know, you have this really, really close, super connected relationship with your mom and it's just you know it's it's just over the top there like you've seen the show so you know what it's like there and so if you do if you know of somebody who just maybe you're dating somebody or married to somebody and the, the person and their mother is just like flat and wing chicken chicken wings or something it's just crazy smothered the producers want to talk to you so what you need to do is email this information to the producers. You need to send your names and ages, that, that's the mother and the child, your phone number, email addresses, a brief bio explaining your story, your situation as to how you and your mom are just super, super close. And if you have any social media links and recent pictures of yourself and your mom. And please note that you must be 18 years years of age or older, and you need to live within two hours 
of each other. Now, if you live in your, your mom's basement, okay, that's different, of course. But if not, if you're out on your own, you need to live within two hours of your mom. So again, your names, your mom and yourself, ages, phone, email addresses, brief bio explaining your story or your situation, your social media links, and recent photos of your mom and yourself. And you need to send that to smothered TV casting at gmail.com. That's smothered, S-M-O-T-H-E-R-E-D, TV casting at gmail.com. And who knows, you might get selected, you and your mom, or maybe you and your whomever you know who might fit this criteria. I, I think the show is a lot of fun myself. But anyway, um, we're going to get on with the show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be talking with our first guest. So we'll be right back on the Film Festival Radio Show. Hold on. Okay, we are back with our show here. And we need to make a slight adjustment here. I've just been informed that our two guests from the show, One of Us is Lying, has to reschedule. Don't panic. It happens. So we will have them on next Saturday's show. You know, it's celebrity people. Their schedules are all over the map here, and I totally get it. So that gives us more time to uh, fill here. So to do that, we're going to have some more auditions. I love auditions. I love it. You love it. Uh, always remember, you can email us info at filmfestivalradio.com if you hear an audition notice that you would like to try out for or somebody that you know. And if you don't have time or you can't write down the email addresses, I will be more than happy. We do it all the time to send you whatever it is that you missed. So let's, uh, you know, we had the first audition. Just kind of you know, while I was doing the, the opening there. So now we have some more to share with you. Starting with this one. This is this is interesting. Uh, an, an Emmy Award winning production company is now casting for a new show and people to be safari field guides. And this new reality show will be based in Africa. Don't know which country, but it will be based in some parts of Africa. So this is a chance to be a part of an adventure, be on television and get paid. So the series is looking for people with experience in hospitality, especially those with experience in safari lodges. And so with Vegas you know, being a hospitality city. I think this would really be good for some of you listening out there locally. But this is a nationwide audition, by the way. But anyway, the show is looking for people to fill uh, positions such as chefs, safari hosts, uh, field guides, front house hospitality people, servers, housekeepers, um, what else, butlers, wellness therapists, just a long list there. So, if you are interested in applying for this opportunity to not only be a safari guide and lodge hospitality staff person, you can get to be on television and you can, again, get paid for it. So what you need to do is go to this website and they have all of the information as to how you can audition, what you need to do. I will tell you this much. You need to be 18 years of age plus and located in Africa. You can be already in Africa 
or willing to travel to Africa. So obviously you will need a passport if you are here in America somewhere. So this is what you need to do. Go to this website, safari.castingcrane.com. And safari is spelled S-A-F-A-R-I dot castingcrane.com and there you will find all of the information as to how to apply good luck with that one man that, that sounds like a great adventure okay our next audition the show that everybody loves the food network oh my god chopped you've been chopped nah. but anyway i just love chopped so chopped is having a they're ha- they're holding auditions for professional chefs also but this particular audition is that they are looking they're going to have a special home cook home cooks I should say series not series a show home cook show very special one and they are looking for some of the biggest fans of chopped you don't have to be a professional chef but you do need to know how to cook you need to be a good home cook and they are looking for you and uh, it's again for a very specific upcoming episode of the show where they are casting home cooks who can really burn it down well not the food but i mean you know your pots from your pans and you really know how to cook so if you are a home cook who thinks that you have what it takes and you can hang in there with the rest of the people on Chop. You know how the show works. When it, when I used to first watch the show, it was one of those shows that I loved to watch, but I hated all at the same time. So kind of like the New York Yankees there. It's the team you love to hate. But now I just love Chop 100%. So again, if you are a home cook, home chef, whatever you call yourself, uh, and they're having the special episode that they're about to tape they want you especially if you're a big fan of the show uh, for chopped and also this includes people who are professional chefs and if you want to audition as well go to the same website go to jscasting.com that's it j is in janice s is in so casting.com and there you will find all of the information as to what you need to try out for chopped and you might just get selected oh my god i really hope that you do i'm going to be cheering for you and if you do get selected we want to bring you on our show so that we can uh you know, listen to your bragging rights. Even if you get chopped, it's okay. The fact that you got on chopped, because this is no, it, it, chop, chopped is no joke. Yeah, you, you got to know your spoons from your forks and all that kind of stuff. So listen, that's that. Again, jscasting.com. Okay, one of our favorite game shows, The Price is Right. Yes, yes, Drew Carey and all the gang. They are looking for contestants yes they are they're still looking now we made this announcement a few weeks ago but this is a slightly different twist here if you are a huge fan of the show of the price is right this show has been on forever our grandmothers used to watch it maybe even our great grandmothers who knows this show is um looking for people, looking for contestants. And this time, get this before I tell you, they are looking for people ASAP, as soon as possible. And they are doing the auditions by way of Zoom. Yes, is that not convenient? So you can just walk from your kitchen to your 
living room or wherever you do your Zoom thing. And you can audition for The Price is Right. So what you need to do is just go to their website as well, pricecontestants.com. Doesn't get any easier than that. Contestants with an S on it. Apply now. As I said, they are looking for people ASAP, ASAP, as soon as possible. So go to pricecontestants.com, get all of the details right there as to how you can audition from the comforts of your own home on Zoom. So if you make it past Zoom, they'll tell you what to do next. So let's get past Zoom first. So, okay, do you have all of the audition announcements? I hope that you do because uh, that's all we got for now. So we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we will have our first guest right here on Film Festival Radio Show. We'll be back in a few seconds. Okay, stay tuned. Okay, we are back here with more of Film Festival Radio Show. Hey, listen, how many of you remember, I know it's been a minute, back in 1992, if you were born, <laughs> but if you were a teen or maybe if you were a young adult, adult or something, do you remember the movie, the comedy film, I should say, Bebe's Kids? Yeah, Bebe's Kids, uh, starring the late... Robin Harris, and he just took that phrase uh, from Bebe's kids, we don't die, we multiply. Well, guess what? Not only did it make Robin Harris a star, it just became like this catchphrase among uh, people, especially in the African-American community. It was like when you had a family or maybe your own kids, um, and they were kind of like a bit of a terror, that's what they, people started calling, oh, Bebe's kids. Well, I don't want her coming to my house bringing those babies, kids. And you know, the phrase really hasn't ever totally died out. Well, just like the catchphrase says, it's still multiplying because we remember Bebe's Kids as a comedy, but Bebe's Kids 2022 is coming back as a new film and a new, whole different genre. Bebe's Kids has been redone. Yeah, it's been tweaked, it's been redone, and now Bebe's Kids' storyline is no longer comedy. In this new movie titled Bebe's Kids, uh, it will be a kind of a psychological thriller, a serious drama. Yes, 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 with the plot twist there to it. So the gentleman who is responsible for the updated version of Bebe's Kids is Marquise Boone. He's a very talented filmmaker, entrepreneur. He's got a lot going on over in Atlanta uh, in the world of music, acting, uh, real estate. He's, he's just a he's just a renaissance man as far as success is concerned. So he has launched, uh, is about to launch, I should say. We'll find out exactly when uh, Bebe's Kids is coming out very, very soon, especially during the holiday season. And so this film is going to take a break from being a comedy to now becoming a full-fledged psychological thriller film. I, I've never imagined Bebe's Kids becoming anything but a comedy, but apparently Mr. Boone has found a different gem that he has worked and turned it into, sounds like one interesting film that's worth all of our attention. This film 
uh, he wrote the script and he brought in director Talia Brion and she's directing it. And she's also directing an upcoming Lifetime Network film for the holidays, Kirk Franklin's The Night Before Christmas. That should be good. That's going to be on Lifetime. So we're going to find out when will uh, the exact date of that film. And also, let's just find out what is all the talk about Bebe's Kids film comedy to Bebe's Kids 2022 psychological thriller with a twist. So let me be quiet. Let's bring on our guest and let's just get to listening to find out how is this going to happen and just how did it all get started? Let's bring them on right now. All right, listeners, we have our next set of guests on board here. I have been really anxious to talk to them because they have a project that so many of us, including myself, uh, enjoyed the original film, but now they have an updated film. Can't wait for you listeners to hear this. You're going to love it. Uh, we're talking to, about to start talking to Marquise Boone and Talia Brion, and they will t- rightfully tell you their connection to the new film, Bebe's Kids. And it's, yeah, we that movie, but it has a new spin to it. So both of you, thank you for joining the show. And so tell everyone your particular positions with this film. Thank you so much for having us. Um, I'm Marquise, and uh, I'm the writer uh, of this particular film. And uh, Talia is the director. And there was nobody else that I wanted to work with on this project, being the, the writer and the uh, executive producer, but her. And I put her on board, and literally, we made history and magic together. Talia? Absolutely, and I just got to turn it back over to Marquise. Uh, when I saw the script, I was blown away, honestly. I told him myself I had been waiting for a story like this that was layered, it was raw, it was different, it was brilliant. So we got it done, and I'm excited now for everyone that's happy to just seeing the teaser, the trailer. We're absorbing the comments, getting what people are feeling and thinking about it. So I'm, I'm super excited and grateful. Well, as I said earlier, we all remember the original Bebe's Kids uh, from 1992. It was an animated, it was a comedy. And the, of course, the late great comedian Robin Harris, it just, you know, put him way over there on the map of stardom. But again, it was, it was a comedy with the famous tagline, they don't die. I think if they don't die, they just multiply. And yeah, so we don't die, we, we multiply. multiply. And so now that's very true because it has multiplied into Bebe's Kids 2022, but it's not a comedy. So explain how do you go from the comedy to how did you find this the, a different plot there, Marquise? Yeah, so honestly, like Baby Kids was probably one of my favorite uh, animations growing up. And it wasn't until maybe about five years ago I rewatched it and really realized that this cartoon was not for children. And in my adult age, it left me with so many questions. And from there, I went down this rabbit hole. So I started asking questions like, why these kids so bad? Where is Bebe? Like, we never got a chance to meet Bebe. We met Janika, we met Robin, we met everybody else surrounding that day but her. And so I started to wonder, you know, from inner city living, this particular movie picks up where the cartoon leads off. And that is the journey from, from um, Fun World 
where Robin Harris takes the kids back home. And you can just see their entire disposition changes when he has to leave them in the house by themselves. So the bad kids that we saw the entire cartoon is no longer present as Robin is leaving the home. And this is where the burst of inspiration came from of trying to answer the questions of what this movie did not tell us and what were we laughing over. And this is how we go down this deep, dark, contemporary lens of making Baby kids into a thriller where we answer the questions that weren't answered when we watched the cartoon. You did an excellent job of dissecting that original uh, storyline there. I never would have, because I mean, anytime you think of Robin Harris, Baby Kids, I mean, God, how many of us have Baby Kids in our family? Oh, goodness. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Piggybacking off of that, too, um, just with what was just said, when you think about inner city challenges and even just black culture and our nature we've been through so much we've learned how to morph humor with our pain points so when i think about yes. what mark has just said and when you watch baby kids and you really look at what is this story really about we found so much humor you know on the surface you see cartoon characters you see vibrant colors you hear the right music that gives you a certain feeling but beneath that the story is still disheartening the story is still a reflection of life and things that people experience so how are we able to merge comedy with drama and with real life scenarios that aren't as funny and that's something that black culture does very well so yeah. i feel like recreating the story kind of speaks to your question of how are we taking a comedy and making it dark and it's because really the two do coexist um and you know yeah. this is just one story of many that live it, you know, daily. So do we find out who is the father or fathers of Bebe's kids? Yeah, we actually get to get a peek into that world, you know, because that was another question. Like, you know, did they all have the same father? Were there multiple different fathers? So in this particular story, we get a chance to see where Bebe's trauma came from going all the way back to her father and then where these children's uh, trauma comes from. And so all of us, you know, we, we, we laugh at these people's trauma and didn't even know that we were laughing at their trauma. And so we get to explore all of that. So yes, we get a chance to see the father, the fatherlessness and where that happens, where that comes from. And then we also get to explore where it went wrong for baby and her father. Yep, for sure. Now, both of you as the, uh, you know, the, the, the chief principals of as far as the filmmaking is concerned, uh, how did you require that all of your cast members go and watch the original or how, how did that work out? Go ahead, Tyler. I'll let you take that. Okay. That's a great question. We actually started in the casting process. We did call back for those that we liked. And that was probably one of the one questions everyone got that was the same. Have you seen Bebe's kids? And before we gave them our interpretation of what we were trying to create, we just asked them, how did you interpret the story? Um, because that really helped evaluate who would play this character best based on how their perception of Bebe's kids, just the animation alone was. And, you know, everyone that was casted hit it on the nail. It was nothing certain. Yeah. It was very elaborate on Leon, LaShawn, you know, even though Bebe had never been basically existent beyond her name in the animation, um, Sarah, who played her, did a fabulous job. 
did a great job of just dissecting this script and looking in the gray areas of what is in existence to create who Bebe probably was. And so, of course, as I said earlier, the late great uh, act, well, comedian and actor Robin Harris uh, back then had the lead role. So how was it or, or was it a challenge to find an actor to step into the shoes of that original role, but in a drama series now? You know, it was funny because as me and Tylea were going back and forth, like, you know, we had we had the thought of maybe we should go and try to get uh, Faison to, you know, to play him again because of the voice. But then we started to look at different people in casting and we stumbled across the guy, Brent, who ended up getting the main role of Robin. And he just, he, in, his, in, his, in his natural life, he's a comedian. So he was able to tap into the voice, into the character, into all the, and everything. It was like, it was like he was made for this role. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know that was a lot uh, on him, you know, trying to fill his shoes of, a, you know, such a comedic legend like that. But he obviously pulled it off. You guys are pleased. I've seen it. And it's, it's really I, I am just impressed. I'm overly impressed with the, the the creativity and the uniqueness of how you guys took this because from a comedy to a serious drama, because oh, I mean, we remember as kids, this was a huge film and comedy back when we were growing up in 92. And right. now you've got this whole different audience. So any, is it too early? Any kind of feedback yet about what this, your version of Baby's Kids is all about? Charlie, you want to take that or you want me to start? Um, sure. The, the feedback that I've been seeing, first of all, I've been soaking it in. Like, <laughs> it's been Absolutely. great. And, and what it's reminded me of is as an artist, you got to be willing to take those risks. And what I love about this story is this is just one of those things we're not naturally thinking of until it's shown. And that's why I think this is so special because Marquise put together a story with something we're familiar with. And now it's got people thinking in a way they never would. So, you know, you're going to have a different perspective to everything that people, you know, are getting from it. But what I love is that it's something that's familiar mixed with something no one anticipated happening. So the response has been, you know, I cannot wait to see this simply because I don't know where it's going to lead. Like, I thought I knew it because I'm familiar with Bebe, Bebe right. kids animation, but now I'm sitting on the edge of my seat ready to see how you guys are going to pivot this story. And that's what I wanted. You know, that's what we wanted. So super excited yeah. about that. Yeah, and I also think that it's forcing people to really sit in their feelings. Like, you know, I saw... Uh, a response where they're like, you know, please don't turn all my childhood laughter into nightmares. But the reality is that we're, we're not really making it a nightmare. We're pulling back the curtain even further for us to see what is happening when the, when the, when the cameras go off of these children, you know, and we got, we literally got five minutes of the reality of these kids. These three kids are dropped off at home, left by themselves, and they're standing there sad, their heads are down, and Robin is confused because he don't even want to leave them in their house by themselves. So we're going into that part of the story and showing people what we didn't get to see. Like, these kids were so happy to be out of the house at the amusement park, and that's what we laughed at, and that's what we were happy about. 
but we don't get to see them at home. And now we get to see why they didn't want to be by themselves, why they were so sad when this movie was ending. So the feedback has been mixed, but I think that it's worth the risk. Absolutely. And then Bebe's Kids itself, like that whole word, we all know what that what is surrounded by that language and that stigma. So piggybacking what Marquise just said, sometimes art has to make you uncomfortable, but art is still a reflection of life. So thus far, we've seen the comforting aspect. There's so much more to the story, even in what the animation portrayed, that just didn't go further. So we're just extending what has already existed into the part that sometimes we don't like the face, but it's there, and we're willing to put it to the forefront. So initially... um... Once the script was finalized and you guys started pitching it and such, what kind of feedback did you get from the, the film business side of people going, hey, I, man, I don't know if this is going to work. This is, I don't know about this. Did you get a lot of that? Everybody was, <laughs> everybody was excited. Listen, Jared is like, everybody was excited because I think a lot of people, they were aware of Baby Kids, but no one was thinking about Baby Kids. Like, no one was really saying, Hey, let's pull that out and and, and, and and dust off that, you know, that project. No one. And so anytime we mention it to executives, lawyers, uh, creatives, everybody said the same thing, like, yo, that would be dope. Or man, we never thought about that. Or so I think it was I think it was uh it was an interest because no one had been talking about it. No one had been really paying any attention. And even some of the feedback that I've been noticing and seeing is that a lot of generation uh, there's a big generation that has never even saw the cartoon. So it's it's sparking people's interest now. That's wonderful. That is really wonderful to hear. Because yeah, it's what like a generation and a half uh has become adults like us and so yeah it makes sense absolutely oh it makes sense well okay how can people get to see bay bay's kids 2022 yeah so they just have to keep uh stay stay up with us and follow us um we haven't had a release date yet um we enter into festivals right now film festivals and so uh, we're taking that route now and then uh the feature will be out pretty soon okay and so uh how can people follow and keep up with the um, success and the progress and track the film? What is the social handles and websites and all that kind of great stuff? Absolutely. Um, my personal social handle where we talk about all my projects and stuff like that is uh, Marquise Boone ENT on Instagram and Marquise Boone Enterprises uh, on everything else. And then my personal is at Marquise Gold on Instagram, um, as well as we have a baby movie um, on uh, TikTok. And then oh. Tyler, you can give yours. Goodness. Okay. Nice. And your, and your YouTube as well, Marquise Gold Enterprises, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. okay. Great. And then uh, my social as well is Talia Brian. And as more comes from the project, it will definitely be shared and posted so people can just follow any of those mediums to stay abreast on what's coming up next. Now, before I let both of you go, I, I really want you to share with our listeners, each one of you have so much success, just amazing. Uh, Talia, you just recently directed a, a Lifetime Network film. So tell us about that. And then after uh, that, Marquise, what to talk about your production companies and your, your recording uh 
studio and production company success and billboard and all of that kind of great information. But let's start with you, Ms. Talia. Tell us about your upcoming Lifetime Network film. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a Kirk Franklin Night Before Christmas, so it'll be premiering December 10th um, on Lifetime. Super excited. We're going from one spectrum of thriller and suspense all the way to the feel-good holiday. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's a beautiful story of a mother and daughter who have a strained relationship. They get trapped in the church during a snowstorm on Christmas Eve, and somehow along the way, within 48 hours, they reconcile and find their way back to each other through just support the community, music, love. It's a Kirk Franklin, so you know you're going to be hit with some good tunes. So it's a really nice, cute holiday story to make people feel good. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's um, starring the Tory Martin and Luke James. And it's again. Um, and anything Tyler name is on, y'all gotta watch. <laughs> exactly, we gotta support our new friend here from our show. What well, now? Again, Talia, you are directing this this film, right? Yes. Oh man, that my hats off to you. I'm gonna take my baseball cap off right now to you. <laughs> that is Thank awesome, you. awesome. So, Mr. Marquise, okay, your turn. You have, in addition to film, you have this serious. Marquis Boone Enterprises. Let's start with all of the success you've had in the gospel music industry. And not just say gospel, just music, billboard charts. Let's let's go with that and some of your gospel clients, their music clients. Absolutely. You know, I kind of stumbled into entertainment. Um, I made majority of my money and success uh, doing real estate. Uh, and then when the market crashed in 2008, uh, I had a really, really close friend um, that started doing music, and we became very, very close, and she asked me to manage her, and her name was Tasha Cobbs, and that's how I came into this world of entertainment, and uh, from there, I managed her. I started to develop other artists like Casey J, Brianna Babineau, Kevante Gavin, C. West, Javante Patton, uh, and the list goes on. And so this world that I ended up in entertainment, we created a company that really wanted to be a disruptor. You know, the old model in, in gospel was that someone who was already a star would bring somebody else in and make them sing for them background and then eventually become the new artist. And we came in as a disruptor. We didn't know anybody. I didn't have any connections. I literally just had this dream and this vision where I wanted to be, an, and people laugh at me now, but back then, you talk about 10 years ago, I wanted to be the Diddy of Gospel. And that's what we <laughs> ended up building. And so from, from gospel and artists, then we traveled into uh, more TV and film um, and started to doing projects with Bishop James uh, and with people like Lemuel Plummer, with Preachers of Atlanta. Um, and we kind of just blossomed into this area and we kept on reinventing ourselves in this entertainment space. So from music to artist development, to management, to TV, to writing, to all that kind of stuff. And I feel like as long as you can keep on pivoting and redeveloping yourself and reinventing yourself, you'll never fail and you'll never become stale and old. And that's what we continue to do today. Very well explained, very well shared by both of you and your testaments to diversity as far as projects and genres and such. And that's wonderful to know. Um, this is my last question to both of you. As we all know, you can't hardly go anywhere. Somebody, everybody, most people think they want to be in the entertainment industry. And I always say they think they do because it's a lot of work. However, <laughs> right. for both of you, 
for people who are really serious, who really do have the talent, do they seek you guys out or do you do you take um you know unsolicited scripts or uh demos you know how, how do how does talent hook up with you you both of you that's a really good question i would say it's a merge i feel like you're always going to be equipped with the right principles and skill set before you're necessarily put in a room that's known across you know, a worldwide stage such as networks and things like that. But it's a give and take. Uh, there have been times where I've connected with people that I really believe in and I know they're talented and they, they are actually ready for the next level. They just have to be presented the opportunity. And then there are others that might not be the best creative or career decisions to make at this time um, where I am. So... It's a, it's a catch-22, it's a give-and-take. Um, I just had this conversation today, but one of the things I said is I pay attention to, you have people who kind of get a high from working and working and being around an industry that they love, and you have the other type of people whose high comes from it being purpose-driven. And that to me is yeah. different. If you're purpose-driven, the fruit will always be there. So the good work, the quality film, the good storytelling, things that move people will be there if your focus and your motive is aligned and it's intact. So I think whether you're known or you're not, whether you're popping or right now you're a gem and a jewel that has yet to be discovered to the masses, as long That's as that good. bottom line is the same, you're going to be good. And sometimes people find me or I find them because I'm a product of being found in some some kind of arena. So that's, that's what I would say. Okay. And, and I would concur with her. You know, the thing that I would just add and say to everybody listening is let it be natural. Don't force yourself. Don't sit around waiting for someone to open the door, give you an opportunity. You know, if the door is open, you know, take that. But also create your own stuff. Build your own platform. Build your own tables. Build your own stages. Um, you know, we see that as a testament of Tyler Perry. He didn't wait for a big deal to come around. He just invested in himself. And I would tell everybody, take a risk on you until you can connect to the right person or get the right opportunity. But, you know, until then, put your money in you. Put your faith in yourself and allow those doors to continue to open for you and build positive, great, meaningful relationships. And I believe relationships is really the currency of this market. Oh, it definitely yeah. is. Most definitely. Well, both of you did it again a very thorough job with explaining that question and i always like to ask very successful people such as the both of you because so many listeners email and and you know i can even go to post office sometime my son is a rapper can you help no i can't (laughs) so i like to ask successful people like you guys you know what is your method of how you find new talent and it's pretty much you know the same way you you've shared and others that i've talked to it's a lot of hard work it's luck it's prayers it's it's all of that and talent Yeah, like even when I first met Tylea, like Tylea was doing a project with me. We were doing a reality show and she was a camera, a camera operator at that time and an editor. And I just always kept my eye on her. You know, this was years ago. And so I used to just watch her. I love like I remember she had did a, uh, a cut of one of the episodes and I was like, yo, can you do the entire season? And she was like, I can't. I was so disappointed because she was so talented. I had never seen a person take, you know, that fresh eye and go over and above what an editor's job was. 
And so she stood out to me, and I always kept her in the back of my head. And I knew that it was going to come a time where I was going to be able to work with her again because I saw her passion, I saw her talent, I saw her gift, and she was working for someone else at that time. But I never forgot her. That's so good to hear that you guys have this this working history together. And now here both of you are uh, the parents, so to say, of baby's kids. (laughs) (laughs) The parents. Yeah, and I would just say uh, creating systems and it'll filter out those who are ready and serious. Um, You know, people are coming to you wanting to be put on, so to say, you know, um, you'll know who's serious and who's ready by, I'm having a workshop, I'm having a panel, you know, I can offer my time in this way, and those that are really ready will show themselves because they come a certain way, you know, they're, they're not making a demand, they're not coming entitled, they're coming hungry and just wanting to learn and wanting to be a part of whatever opportunity that's available at that time, so I myself have to I live by that, and I—that's what sticks out to me when people do reach out. Okay, well, I just thank both of you, Talia and Marquise for the film, for all of your projects. And so we will be looking forward to Lifetime Network, December, you said December 10th, is it again? Yes, December 10th. Uh, December 10th, Kirk Franklin's The Night Before Christmas. And of course, Marquis, you've got so much going on here with the music and Bebe's Kids 2022. I'm I'm the one, that's not the official title. I'm putting the 2022 on there, but it's Bebe's Kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been reborn as a, a, a drama, like a psychological thriller. Can I say that? Is, is that a good way to describe yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, so anyway, it's coming soon, very soon. It'll be a nice Christmas gift, I think, for us to go to the films or stream it or the movie theater, I should say. But again, thank you to both of you. And uh, I look forward to next time, your next projects. Please come back. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We enjoyed being on your show tonight. Okay, thank you then. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Okay, and we continue on here on Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and we are just rolling right along with the rest of our guests here. So um, our next guest here is actually two guests, and they are a part of the Bravo Television Network's hit show, Family Karma. And have you seen that show? It's a lot of fun. It, it's um, just a lot of fun. It's a reality show, and it will have season three, will premiere tomorrow night, again, on the Bravo Channel Network, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time. And it's, if you have not seen it, it is such a fun show. Uh, they have such a delightful storylines. So the show is back, like I said, for a third season. It is a huge hit. Uh, if you have not seen it, storyline is basically this one. The show explores the personal journeys of young Indian American friends as they are trying to do like so many of us, navigate life, navigate friendships, careers, family. Uh, you got a mixture of traditional parents and grandparents uh, mixed in with today's uh, younger generation. And then with them being raised uh, in America, that creates a whole different uh, aspect of it that just gives it an interesting spin here. So for this season, what can we expect? 
what can we expect? Well, we're going to find out and see uh, as we talk to two of the stars from the cast, Anisha Ramakrishna and Vishal Parvani will be joining us shortly. Actually, I talked to them yesterday morning, so they'll we'll be rolling their interview here shortly here. And uh, lots. Well, I can tell you this. There's been a wedding and there's going to be other weddings. And as we have seen on different videos, oh my God, the, the Indian weddings are just so beautiful and elaborate and the gowns and the cakes, it's just beautiful. So we're going to find out more. Let's bring on my chat with Vishal and Anisha from uh, the hit show on the Bravo Network, of course, Family Karma. So let's bring both of them on from when I chatted with them yesterday morning. So let's take a listen. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hey, Jess. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Well, you sound all nice and clear. We're all here for the chat-a-thon here in our little allotted time. So let's jump right in here. You both are two of the stars of Bravo's hit family karma show which is doing so well you're into about to launch season three on sunday 9 p.m eastern and pacific time season three already are you too surprised are you very surprised that this show has taken off and is now such a certified hit or what i'm not surprised it's taken off because it is one of its kind and i don't think there's any other show on national television with an all indian cast and all the generations involved. Having said that, I'm surprised at how relatable we've been to people from so many different backgrounds. That is unique and well. And you know what? It just shows that in spite of all of our differences in the world, we did, we still have a lot of common denominators that run through our families. And that's I think that this show does a good job of showing that. Well, all right. So tell us what are some of the things that we can expect for season three, again, which starts Sunday night, November the 6th. Are you going to invite Janice, Michelle? Yes, Janice. <laughs> Janice I, you're, you're definitely invited to my wedding, November 6th, 9 p.m. on Bravo. Um, it'll be, it'll start off with a big fat Indian wedding, which I mean, it's been 10 years in the making. Super excited to, it's going to be a, a the first wedding on American TV, and I'm so excited to share all the different, um, like show all the different events that take part in an Indian wedding. Three, four days long and multiple events throughout the day. Lots of different outfits. Oh, I know the outfits. That's what I'm waiting for, the outfits. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I cannot wait to be your bride and uh, the wedding. Okay, how many people are in the wedding party? Uh, in the wedding, uh, we have about 200 people. It's a destination wedding, um, so it does make it a little bit difficult. But the people that are there, they really had to work hard to be there. So I'm really appreciative for everyone that uh, was able to attend the wedding. I'm super excited. And I must say, I'm also waiting to see what the cake, or should I say cakes, look like. Oh, the cakes? Uh, did I, I? I actually don't know. It did. It was... Uh, I won't give it away. I don't know. It was chocolate. Oh, yeah. I. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Yeah, I like cake, so there was cake. (laughs) And a lot of desserts. I mean, cake was, at an Indian wedding, cake is like one of a hundred desserts. Oh, my goodness. There were were a lot of desserts. 
I might have been farting a little bit too hard, though. I really enjoy it. <laughs> well, the main thing is you are officially a husband now, and so that's the main main part of this. So, okay, so Anisha, I mean. You yourself, you know, gone through a lot of ups and downs of dating, and you have finally found your Mr. Right. So can you give us some insight on, you know, your relationship for season three and what we might see? I think you're going to see a different side of me that you've never seen before. You know, in the past seasons, you've seen me, you know, dating and, you know, working on my business. And this season, you're going to see a little bit more vulnerability and softness for me but also it's the first season I'm not single usually I'm the single one in the group this season yeah. it's not me that's right okay. <laughs> there might be some other relationships that yeah. are single. there's other people <laughs> ah okay so that's a that's a hint right there well now all of you what is it about nine ten cast members uh, of uh, that are a part of the show is that right seven seven okay so did any of you know each other were your friends before the show or what yeah that, that, that's that the whole premise behind our show we've we've all grew up together and, and not just us but also our parents uh were really the solid foundations for our community so um they had a, as i mentioned i think these ones they had arranged marriages and we were all basically arranged friendships oh okay that you know what that's not a bad idea especially over here in america oh my goodness the dating pool <laughs> is like a cesspool, but but I was wondering. <laughs> it is. I mean, you guys know you've heard and seen the stories, but uh, your show, Family Karma. What is the, what is it like over in uh, your home country? Uh, is it popular over there, or what? What kind of feedback have you been receiving? We have a lot of viewers in India. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we're. Like so thrilled that our our show has really been worldwide now, and it's been so relatable, and really a long time coming. I think it's it's about time that we had an all Indian cast on American TV. Absolutely, most definitely so. So okay, Anisha, what can we expect as far as? Are you going to uh, be giving up? Well, I should ask this question to both of you. Uh, any dating advice for people out here that you can give or will be giving? Um, I've been so far removed from that game. I'm going to let Anisha take this. <laughs> my, my advice to anyone who is looking, you know, shoot your shot. And if you want it, it's a job. Dating is also a job and it's not just going to happen. I don't think the right person just walks into your life. I think you need to go out there and look for it and make an effort. A lot of people just sit at home and expect someone to show up at their door, and that's not how it works. No, exactly. Relationships are a lot of hard work. Uh, I think people rely on, like, it, people are really, I, I guess after marriage, people just rely on, like, divorce so easily. And I think from our culture, we, we really show that we really focus on on hard work and then it, 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 relationships are hard work and there's a lot of differences and you can't just give up on it so easily now uh as we know both of you are, have very successful businesses uh will we see the any growth uh will show the growth of how your businesses are succeeding as a part of season three or what definitely yeah and the challenges of also having your own business and juggling 
the business, family, relationships, you're going to see that. Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll see some big things from Anisha this season with her business. It's exciting. Uh, but yeah, it's hard work um, to balance everything, as you said. And again, the season three premiere is Sunday night on Bravo, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Will there be any live tweeting or any uh, Instagram lives at, with the cast members or what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're so, we'll be very much involved with everyone watching. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to kick off with a bang. The season uh, starts in Mexico. Super excited to really, really excited for this episode. Oh, okay. Some travel here. So how can people um, follow you guys and be a part of all the live action on Sunday night? Do you have your own individual uh, Instagram or social media accounts or, or what should they do? They can definitely follow each of us individually. Uh, Vishal is at Captain Vish on Instagram and <laughs> on Instagram and we will be also on Twitter same handle, Vishal Parvani and Anisha Ramakrishna. And we will be tweeting a lot and posting. Yeah, lots of lots of BTS from behind uh, because the, the first episode, the, the wedding. So you're invited to uh, my wedding. I hope you're there at 9 p.m. on Bravo. And I'm really excited to share all like what went on behind the scenes for the wedding. Well, I'm going to get all dressed up and uh, tune in to make sure that I'm there and on time. So, Anisha Vishal, thank you both for sharing some BTS and some just some everything about your hit show, Family Karma Bravo, Sunday night, November 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Thank you, guys. And hopefully next season, then we'll be talking about the next phase, the, the parenting, upcoming parenting phase of your marriages. Wow, did our moms pick up to that question? <laughs> yeah, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. Okay. Well, we're going to see. So we'll see you guys Sunday night. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, listeners, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to us. You know, we have a lot of fun on this show, and we do appreciate the emails that we receive from everybody. And uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. We've been doing this show for a long time. And I just so enjoy it. I love being nosy and asking celebrities all these questions, getting into their business. But anyway, it's all part of it. So we're going to take it down right now. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Join us, please, and have fun here in Vegas if you are visiting us. So we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.